Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, I'm Heather Barnes, food and product photographer and storyteller behind the lens. Our Austin-based team is all about visual solutions. For your brand, it's essential for your product to be memorable and have stickiness. Our clients like Ghirardelli, Tiff Streets, and Nottamu choose our photography to develop positive associations with their brand. They call our work inspiring because it moves consumers into a relationship with their company. And we can do the same for you. Learn more today at HeatherBarnes.com. Focused on you, your story, and your success with memorable photography garnished with love. We're taking the show on the road. Come on, baby, let's go. Back up the truck with a little bit of luck. We'll hit the big time, I know. And welcome back to Success Made the Last Legend Show. I'm Rick Tokini, and this program is presented by Edward Jones Financial Advisors, along with Graceful Yours and those crazy church kitchen ladies and Heather Barnes Media. We are so glad to have on the one and only Bob Phillips today, host of Texas Country Reporter, celebrating 50 years on the air. Welcome, Bob. Thank you for having me here, Rick. It's great to have you here, and um, I just finished your book, so I'm going to sound like Bob Phillips Jr. quoting all this stuff, (laughs) so forgive my journalistic ability, but um, your dad once said, everybody has a story, and you certainly find it. I've been watching uh, since day one, and I've enjoyed your heart for storytelling, so based on your five decades, what do you think are the ingredients for great storytelling? Well, the first thing is you've got to be truly interested in people. Um, and you've got to believe what my dad told me. Everybody has a story. You just have to find it. Um, because he, he he would tell me that that it didn't matter if they were rich or poor, black, white, whatever. It, it didn't matter because every human being had a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he believed that. Um, and gosh i I spent a lot of time as a little little kid riding around in the car with my dad he He always carried a fishing pole and some dominoes in the car with him and if he if he couldn't find a domino game already going somewhere, he'd pull out his dominoes and get one started and I can remember walking into some old uh, some old gas station that had like a little you know had a little grocery store inside and in the back there'd be uh, a some old guys sitting around a card table and my dad would go back there, didn't know any of them and would somehow end up playing dominoes with them. Uh, And watching him do that and then sitting there listening to the stories. And the reason he really wanted to do it was because he loved to hear other people's stories. That was, that was an early influence to me Mm. to, to see that. And so, you have to be really interested in people. You have to believe that everybody has a story. And you have to be a good listener. It's um, You can spend all your time talking, 
or you can spend a lot of time listening. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I learned somewhere along the way that the more time you spend listening, the more you learn and, and, and the more of people's stories you get. And, and that makes their stories even more interesting the more you know about them. So that it's, it's no big secret. It's just, you know, asking and listening. Mm. But there's a, more to it than that because you are <laughs> – you bring this curiosity to the forefront and you, you're digging for a story within a story. We, we, like to, we like to tell you the story that's not the obvious part especially. Uh, we rarely do stories that other people do. We, we kind of pick out things that you don't see much on the news or read in the newspaper or anything. And they're always – are almost always about people that you've never heard of before. They're not famous. Um, they're just people. But we – there's the obvious story that people will tell, the thing that's on the surface. But if you sit there and you, and you ask the right questions – then you get the real story and the 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 the, the back story and the the emotional story sometimes mm-hmm. and there's a there's a whole art to you know i i call it the art of the interview um and it's something that that i you know i don't know if i want to say there's a formula to it but i do have certain way that i approach an interview with anybody it doesn't matter who it is um there's a certain way that I approach the interview. One of those things is don't tell me how many widgets you have or how many how you make a widget or anything. Tell me why. Mm-hmm. What is it about you that m- makes you want to make widgets or collect widgets or whatever it is you're doing? Tell me why you do that. Why are you passionate mm-hmm. enough about this that – you keep on doing it, and that's when you get some really great stories. Is, it is. Why. I almost think that you're the king of existential questions because you ask why, and you dig below the surface into the marrow of the bone with these crazy artists across the state, and you get them to uh, unveil the soul of an artist. You know, that's what that's about is, is we want you – we want you to open up your heart and soul to us. And when when you go into a place, especially if you're if if you if your medium is TV or you know video in some way, like like mine is, you by necessity have a camera or some. Now we have more than one. Usually several cameras. You've got sometimes you've got lighting. Sometimes you've got a crew all around, and and that puts people. They're they're kind of they're kind of put off a little bit by that. Right. My goal when I do an interview with somebody is to talk to them in such a way that they forget all about that stuff. That they that they they're not thinking about the cameras, they're not thinking about the lights, they're not taking to thinking about the people that are operating all of that stuff. They're just sitting down having a a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. And if I can get them to that point, that's when things get meaningful. That's when they become significant. Is when we can, when we can get to that point. 
I cannot tell you how many times, gosh, I don't want this to sound like bragging, but how many times I've done an interview with somebody and I'll ask one of those questions that that hits them deep down inside where they live and they'll just stop like I, like I just punched them in the gut for a second, you know, and stare at me and then here comes this incredible story or answer or, you know, they all of a sudden they're, they've just gotten in touch. And then after the interview, they'll say, nobody ever asked me that before. No, I never thought about that before you ask that. Or, you know, I've, I've done a lot of interviews, but I've never had anybody take me to the places that you, that you took me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it was kind of a surprise. Well, that's, that's the whole point, you know. Right. I don't. I don't want to get. I don't want to get their regular story. I want to get the the real deep story about what it is that makes them tick. What it is they that they they love to do. What are they passionate about? Yeah, and we've got so many examples over fifty years. But uh, let's just highlight one that I think was very significant from your book about Herman. Train Gates, <coughs> and what 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 is um, behind this guy and the wonderful heart condition that he has? Herman Train Gates was the custodian at one of the schools in Carthage, Texas, in Deep East Texas. Been there forever. Grew up there, and when I met him, he was already 76 years old, and he was standing on this corner. We were driving down the road in Carthage, and there's this guy standing on the corner, and he's surrounded by bicycles and lawnmowers and plows and all these, you know, all of these things, these utilitarian things were all over this corner with a little shed there, and he was working on a kid's bicycle. And as we drove by, I just went, well, there's got to be a story there. What's he doing? We end up talking to this guy. And and the, first of all, I said, why does everybody call you train? And he says, well, and he does an imitation of a train whistle. And he, ah. you know, before that, he, I, when I ask him, he says, uh, I do an imitation of a locomotive. And I said, you imitate a locomotive? And he goes, yeah, a locomotive. And I said, well, how's that sound? He goes, well, it sounds like this. And he, he does the whistle and it sounds just like a distant train in the night, you know? And then he goes, that's the reason they call me train. Ah. Well, this guy now has, uh, now I've no, this guy's got a sense of humor. He's got a heart. He's willing to share his story with us. And then he says, yeah, I said, what do you do out here? And he said, well, I fix, you know, if kids, kids have a, 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 broken bicycle, for instance, I fix it for them for free because every kid ought to have a bicycle. And sometimes I'll take bicycle parts and put together a bicycle for a kid who doesn't have a bicycle. And he's telling us, telling us all this. And I said, and, and that's what you do. And he goes, well, and I, I trade, you know, some of this stuff, but I spent a lot of times writing my little stories. I said, your little stories. And he goes, yeah, my little stories. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he goes, well, I've got one I wrote on myself. And he recites this story all about himself. Well, what it is, he calls them little stories, but they're poems is what they were. And this guy had 
I, I don't hundreds of them that he'd made up, and you know, and some of them they were they were very simple, but some of them got pretty deep. And we ended up spending the day with Herman Train Gates, and by the time we left, we thought this guy has got a heart, you know. I mean, it's it, his heart is so big, and he, all he wanted to do was do right by other people, mm-hmm. do the right thing, help people when he could, and be friends. That's that's all. That's all he was. That was all that was important to this guy. Well, that's gosh. What if ever one of us was like that? So when we find somebody like that, that's the kind of story we love to tell because. That guy becomes an example for other people. Herman's been gone for years now. This was in 1986 that I found him. Like I said, he was 76. So he's been gone for years. But the memory of him and who he was and what he represented in life lives on. And that's if we're trying to do anything, that's probably what we're trying to do is say, hey, the world is not all gloom and doom and negative news and all of that. There are some good people out there living good lives and doing things to help other people. That's right. That, Mr. Phillips, defines significance. I think so. I think that's what – That's what that's, it's all about. We need to tell more stories about those people and celebrate those people versus having these pity parties – that yeah, we have. Sure. I mean, we can all find something to be in a bad mood about or feel sorry for ourselves about. Everybody's got that. That's right. But if you do that, you're just fostering more of that. What if we all what if we all had that train gates attitude? You gotta bring it up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for that inside story. Um, as we cut to commercial, you too can read the book. <laughs> Bob's written many books, but tell them about the latest book that that talks about your fifty years on the road. Well, as we were as we were uh, approaching the fiftieth anniversary of that first, what was then early on called Four Country Reporter, because we were on Channel Four in Dallas back then, now called Texas Country Reporter. Of course, I, I knew that people were going to they were expecting me to say something or do something to acknowledge this. And a lot of people said, Bob, you have to write a book. You find... And I've always, I've always shied away from writing a book about me or the show uh, because what I do is tell other people's stories. But more and more people said, you've got to do this. You know, this is the one and only time that, you know, even you've got to admit it's appropriate. And I finally said and, – and the thing that happened was about that time that I'm thinking about it, uh, the first wave of COVID hit, and I'm stuck at home for a few weeks trying to figure out what we're going to do now because I travel for a living, you know. And I just sat down and at the computer and started writing it. And I, I ended up telling a story about about my story and about the story of the show and how the two intertwine to the point that it's um, – I, I guess I've done what they say you shouldn't do. I've let – I've let my job become me, mm-hmm. and a lot of people say you shouldn't do that, but somehow that's what has happened. And uh, I, you know, the the show that I've been doing all these fifty years has has become Bob Phillips, and Bob Phillips has become the show. Not that other, I mean, this show is going to go on long after me. 
there uh, there will be somebody else that will step in and keep that going, and that's what I want. Um, but for now, you know, it's become my life. I don't yeah, – people say, what do you do when you're downtime? I don't. I, I I do exactly what I do for for a job, right? For my leisure activity, I still like to go out and talk to people and you know tell yeah. their stories and all that. As if curiosity is a light switch and you turn it off. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. No. So I I just the what you see on the TV show is pretty much me. That's yeah. that's what you know. Of course, my, my wife Kelly has been traveling with me for the last several years now, doing it too, and. It is incredible at it and has brought a whole a whole different aspect to the show. And and what you see us doing is what we pretty much do. We're traveling down the back roads, stopping here and stopping there and meeting people and you know, and telling their stories. We send back stories about people. Yeah. That's what I love about it. You you're practicing what you preach and when you get out there in the lights, it's who you are because you practice it all the time. Yeah. So how natural is that? There's only one you. That's it. You know, get perfect at being you and you don't have to ever learn anything else. <laughs> Love that. What what great of us. All right, we're going to cut to a quick commercial from our sponsors and we will be back with our special guest on Legends, Bob Phillips. Hi, this is Carla from Gracefully Yours Greeting Cards. Did you know that there are over 300,000 churches in America with kitchens? And inside those kitchens are millions of church kitchen ladies that serve potluck meals and wisdom. Inspired by these women, Gracefully Yours has created 24 different greeting cards that range from birthday to encouragement to thinking of you. Church kitchen ladies say the funniest things like crunch tacos, not abs, mind your own biscuits, and life will be gravy, and shh. Your crazy is showing. If you want to spread some funny on the sandwich of life, buy Church Kitchen Ladies cards today at gracefully-yours.com. Bob, look who walked into the studio. Oh, it's good Larry, to be here. Yes, yes. After all uh, these years, can you Bob, believe? Can you believe this? 55 <laughs> years. We, we didn't exactly meet 55 years ago, but we, we, we kind of waved at each other, right? We were denied. We well, were well, denied. <laughs> uh, you were singing to the masses out there of the auditorium, and I was, I was receiving on, on that. And, uh, Bob, it's so good to see you today. Good to see you. Yeah, very good. Very good to have this conversation after 55 years. And, you know, one question I always wanted to ask you, Bob, was, was uh, what was your association with Waxahachie, Texas? Well, there were several, really. When we decided, uh, when we were celebrating our 25th birthday of the show, now it's 50, mm-hmm. um, we wanted to do something special. So we said, let's get together a group of people who have been featured on Texas Country Reporter over these last 25 years. So we, we invited people who had been featured on the show, and we met at a park in downtown Dallas. And it was just a, you know, supposed to be us thanking these people for me and a, and a chance for them to meet each other because they'd all they had that in common being on the show we had about 4000 viewers of the show with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Heard about it and showed up. And Good so grief. we're going, oh my goodness. You know, and then... So they they came and we all had a great afternoon. I think it was like four hours long or something. It's just a little mm-hmm. you know get together. The next year, people said, "When are you going to do the second one? Second what? Well, that reunion you had. They were all calling it a reunion." Mm-hmm. And we went, "Oh my gosh! I think we might have created a thing here." And so one thing led to another. We said, "Let's call this the the Texas Country Reporter Festival." Now, where are we going to hold it? Because that little park won't doesn't even have a parking places for people. So I I had lived back in the. Early, late 70s, early 80s, I lived for, in, in Waxahachie for about five years uh, until the traffic started getting so bad. And I had to, you know, my my work was in Dallas, in downtown Dallas. And so I thought, okay, I got to move back toward the city. But I lived out there for five years and I fell in love with the place. And then while I was out there, I met a guy who became the uh, main producer of my show and was with me for 30-something years. He's still – he's um, – uh, doing other things now, but he still works with us, named Jason Anderson. And Jason grew up in Waxahachie, so he said, let me call people at Waxahachie. That'd be a great place. It's 30 miles from Dallas, 30 miles from Fort Worth, right on Interstate 35 yeah. East. Um, it's the, the downtown looks like a movie set because it is, because 33 feature films have been made in Waxahachie, Texas. Wow. Including a couple of Academy Award winners. Yeah. And, name, name a few. Uh, places in the heart was the biggie. That, okay. In fact, that's they have they have kind of adopted that, and they're uh, what they say is Waxahachie, a place in your heart, mm. because of the movie with Sally mm-hmm. Field. Very good. Um, and uh, Trip to Bountiful, part of it was made there. Several others that mm. you know, that uh, were big films. That were made in Waxahachie. So they said, yes, bring it on. Let's do the festival. And October 29th of this year will be the 26th annual Texas Country Reporter Festival in downtown Waxahachie. And now we have about somewhere between 50 and 70,000 people show up for this thing. It's the largest, get this, guys, it's the largest one-day festival in the state of Texas, which blows my mind. And it's it's both people who've been on the show and a, a lot of people, you know, who watch the show coming together for one day. We have music on two stages all day long. We have artists, craftspeople, food, like you know, 30-something food trucks yeah. who compete, you know, have a competition to, you know, so we can choose the best food trucks <laughs> in Texas. It's just like an old-fashioned town town fair or something. Sounds it, like a county fair, yeah. It does. It's, that's kind of what it's supposed to be, something you would have seen in, a, in an old movie. And people come out and love it. It's all free. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a fantastic event. Uh, I've never actually 
been to it, but I, I always catch the residuals off of it because our lead singer, uh, John O'Daniel, grew up in, in Waxahachie. Uh-huh. And also our, our, our uh, manager for the band, Point Blank, was Bill Ham. From Waxahachie, who uh, put together ZZ Top also. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so there was a great history. It, for some reason, there, there's always that that draw to Waxahachie, that catalyst, you know, something in the water there. Um, and also, uh, there's a country song that came out here a while back was uh, called Waxahachie. Yes. And then Point Blank had a, a, a song, or well, we have a song called Waxahachie Traveler that we did on the Rock Palace show in Germany and in Belgium. And it's it's a smoking little tune, you know, so... Waxahachie gets around the world. Yeah, and it, it's just a wonderful place to spend a day in October. Yeah, what a, what a great town, you know, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and and great thing to spread. Yeah, that's great. And I should uh, I should have given Larry a little bit better of an introduction, so I'll I'll back up and say that everybody he, knows Larry. <laughs> everybody knows Larry, Austin musician, mu- music producer, happens to be my neighbor and. He's a music mentor of mine, too. And speaking of mentors, um, I read about you and Charles Corralt in the book. But before I did that, I knew that you were a protege of his because um, when we would skip going to church on Sundays, we would watch CBS Sunday Morning. Right. There was a particular cadence and rhythm to that show. And I went, hold it. That's Bob Phillips' cadence. And when I was just a young pup starting out in the, the television business, you know, I've, I spent years as a news reporter, a photographer, traveled with the Dallas Cowboys for a long time, shot for NFL films on the sidelines. I was at, um, on the sidelines of every Cowboy game during the 70s and the early 80s, went to three Super Bowls with them, you know, a lot of stuff. But I was also covering hard news at the same time. And... Um, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do something different. So I'm watching Charles Corralt doing On the Road with Charles Corralt. Mm-hmm. And then he started the CBS Sunday morning show that you mentioned. Yeah. And um, lo and behold, I meet him about that time. And I, 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 I look back on it and I think, why me? Because the guy had to have had all kinds of people come up and say, you know, hey, can I – you know, can I ask you some questions about what you do? And, and and I did that, and he didn't just answer. He said, you want to travel with us in our bus and go with us on some stories when we're in Texas? And I went, are you, are you serious? <laughs> you know, so I did. And he became a mentor, uh, and he took it very seriously. Uh, these are the days long before the Internet, and Charles would write me letters. And it was all about our craft. It was all about mm-hmm. storytelling. It was all about the ways to deal with people and and respect people and honor their lives mm-hmm. and so I, I i didn't just learn you know the art of storytelling uh from him i learned that you know partly from him partly from my dad partly from a lot of people but i learned about how important the heart and soul of people's stories is beautiful uh from charles corralt because he he really really believed that and I remember I remember one time I told him I was sitting in a little greasy spoon cafe with him and just the two of us sitting across. He he loved to eat as much as, as I do. And uh, we were sitting there eating chicken fried steak together at a place called Jenny's Bishop Grill in, in Dallas. And, hmm. and um, I said, Charles, 
you're my hero. I'm a, you know, keep in mind, I'm like 20, maybe 21 at the time, I guess. I said, you're my hero. And he kind of was like he was stunned. And he looked at me and goes, who, who are your other heroes? <laughs> That's a good question to ask somebody, isn't it? Because there's it some people out there that That's if, right. if you is. found out that those other heroes were somebody you don't want to be associated <laughs> That's with. Right. Then, That's right. You know, so he asked yeah. me that. You know? yeah. And we, we got yeah. into a real conversation that day, I remember, about what's a hero? Yeah. Who are the real heroes? And yeah. he would do things like that. Um, he would take conversation in a direction to always teach me something. And and I guess because I was young and impressionable, I did uh, that cadence that he had kind of got into my DNA. Sure did. And, um, you know. It shows to this day. That's the magic. And when, it is the pause. Is the pause and, is, and the and it, it and is the reflection within the conversation. Thank you for saying is. that because re- reflection to me is one of the hardest things in uh, journalism, broadcast journalism today, because people want to get out what they want to say, just like I just said. I want to get a bunch of facts out. That's it, as fast as I can right now, whether they're right or not. I want to get them out to you. What I know. Here's yeah. what I know. That's exactly right. You know. Yeah. And the Charles, you know, you know, in journalism school. You know, don't ever bury the lead, Charles Corralt. Always bury the lead. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah. he was going against the grain from lesson one with me. Yeah. You know, and that's what we do. We don't tell you what the story is right up front. Um, we tell you a little bit about somebody and then zap you with coming in with the backstory. Yeah. You know, but there's more. You know, there's and, more. And uh, all of those things, you know, those are things that that Charles took the time to teach me and was a great mentor of mine. Mm. Thank you for that. And I'm, I've got to ask you as a follow-up to that, did Charles inspire you on this motto of our show is not about what is what it is about? You know, that really wasn't a Charles thing. That was something that that a group of us who work on the show, gosh, 35 years ago or so, mm. I remember we were all sitting around and we were talking about, at that time, we felt like we needed to further define who we were. We've been doing the show for almost 15 years at this point. And for some reason, we got into this discussion where we were talking about, well, what is it that we do? What are the parameters of this? What do we do and what do we not do? Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's, you know, on the surface, it's, well, we do good news. We do positive stories. Uh, even if even a negative story can have a a, a a tender or meaningful or beautiful ending, if you look for it. it. We we do all of those things. We're we're kind of the anti news because there's plenty of news. You can turn that on and get it at 24 hours a day, but you can't always find something positive that will inspire you or soothe your soul or any of those things. And at some point, I don't know which one of us it was, but one of us said, you know. Our show isn't always about what it's about. And I can remember the moment that we all just paused when that was said. It was just hanging out there. It's an epiphany. It was. It was, you know, like this this moment of discovery. Guys, we just kind of defined what it is we do. That's right. It's not about what it's about. You know, and, and if you just 
casually watch the show. You're, you know, you're going to the uh, refrigerator and getting a beer while we're doing the, you know, telling you this story, or you're doing the dishes, or walking around, you know, doing something else, and you're not watching and listening. You might only get that surface story. This person does this. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't do. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We don't do stories about a person who does this and tell you how they do it or any of that. We That may be a small part of the story, but our story is always the backstory. It's always the, mm-hmm. why do you do this? Why? What is it about doing that that makes you passionate? Mm-hmm. What does that? Doing that do for your heart? What does it do for your soul? How does it make you feel? Mm. Those are the the things that we're always looking for. And those are, you know, not tell me how to make a widget. Tell me why you made the widget. And that's where we find the heart and soul that we think has defined the show and become the show. It's not about what it's about. You got it. And that's why we wanted to celebrate you today and – and celebrate Kelly as well. And, um, you know, we we gave you a little bit of fair warning that by sending you a, a few other shows that we end every show with a lightning round. <laughs> okay. And uh, yesterday, Larry and I got together and Larry said, don't trick him. And I said, no, you're, not gonna trick, you're not going to trick Bob Phillips. <laughs> go for it. So, uh, Larry, you want to lead off with uh, question number one? And, and this is intended to be um, – Quick. Bob, can you name the six flags over Texas? <laughs> France, France, Spain, um, uh, 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 the Republic of Texas, the United States, the Confederate States. Oh, my gosh. Um, what did I not name, guys? Are you are you counting them? I'm counting them. <laughs> yeah, there's there's only one that's missing. Yeah, I'm up to five. Which uh, and and. South. Uh, Mexico. That's it. Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> Very good. Uh, who has been your favorite governor of Texas? Oh, Lord. I can't really – you know, here's what's funny. But I know you want a, a short answer here. But if you were to ag- stop 100 people and say, is Bob a liberal? Is Bob a conservative? Is Bob – you're not – they're not going to know because I've never gone there in 50 years. I I've know I've never that. gone there. But I will tell you this. I was dear, dear friends with Ann Richards. And I am still really good friends with Rick Perry. Mm-hmm. I'm good friends with the current governor. Uh, I was good friends with George W. Bush. And th- all of those people, you know, are their own, you know. And Ann, you know, Ann's way over there. And George W. or Rick is way over there. And uh, But I'm good friends, you know, with all of them. And that's what it's about. We have this one thing in common. And that is all of those people, and I love Texas. Well said. Thank you very much. Love that. Son of Texas right here. Son (laughs) of Texas. Okay, big guy. You're next. When your show started, uh, well, let's let's back up here a second. Uh, Believe the question, well, 
I know we're going to need to edit on this one, but it was the uh, Bruce Chanel question. It's okay. Okay. See if if, uh, Bob knows this one from a previous podcast that he was on. Okay. Go ahead. Here's your question, Bob. Who played harmonica on the Bruce Chanel song, Hey Baby? Delbert McClinton. That is great, great recall. <laughs> Way to go. Great answer. Do you, you want to know who taught him how to play harmonica? Yes, yes, we do. That's John right. Lennon. There you wow, go. Wow, bonus question. He's so, rocking today, in case folks. You don't, if, in case you think that Bob Phillips has an IQ Give this of man the Cupid doll. He was on a previous podcast. There that okay. was a ringer, guys. Uh, name three of your favorite counties of our 254. Well, you always have to name Loving because it has the fewest number of people in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I, I dearly love to go places like that i you know i'll uh, i will i will go to big bend anytime i can just because i love the wide open spaces and and uh, but loving county is it, really there's something about a town that has that few people or yeah, a exactly. county that has that few people and is yeah. so massive that you've got to love i was born in dallas and and uh, it, it's while it's not the Dallas I was born in, I still it's still home to me. So Dallas County, um, mm-hmm. and um, I, I really have a thing. I have a thing for some of the the places in the in the Texas Hill Country, and it's hard for me to pick out a single one of them. But the Hill Country is really, um, you know, I, I love the area Kerr County, mm-hmm. Kerrville. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That, those probably are my three favorite counties in you know but out of all of those counties that we've got it's hard you know it is hard yeah, yeah. Well, ask me for my top 100 maybe i can do that <laughs> <laughs> we don't ask we don't ask neutral questions like that yeah. all right larry last one for you bob what was your funniest episode well i uh, um i i i don't remember a lot of funny episodes i do remember funny incidents while doing episodes that that'll, never made the do. air yeah and one of them is i was coming over i was coming up highway 16 um i used to have a ranch on highway 16 between medina and kerrville and um i was going north on highway 16 going over what they call medina mountain there locally it's mm-hmm. just a big hill with switchbacks and in the other lane, the opposing lane of traffic is an ostrich running at full speed toward me, but he's in the other lane, like where he was supposed to be. Plop, 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 plop. And those suckers can run. Oh, yeah. And I thought, well, that's highly unusual until I went around the switchback and I get about 100 yards down, and here's a man wearing a clown suit, riding one of those little bitty bicycles and carrying a lasso over the handlebars, pedaling as fast as he can. I I assume after the ostrich. That has got to be the strangest thing I have seen in my 50 years of doing this show. And and here's here's the weird part. By the time I got to a place where I could turn around and go back to find out what was going on, they had both disappeared. Now... My friends tell me, you imagined that, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I did. (laughs) What fantastic. That is funny. Ostrich and a clown. That's it. That is so great. Um, I'm going to add one bonus question, and then we're going to wrap up today's show. Uh, Final question on the lightning round. What was the nickname of the Ford 
Econoline on Four Country Reporter. The very first one? The very that first was, one. She was Esmeralda. Boom. <laughs> exactly. Esmeralda. I <laughs> love that. I love that name. Hey, um, thank you for uh, completing that lightning round. That's fun as usual. And I just, I've got one concluding question, which is our signature question. Why should our listening audience find a place in their heart for significance? Because what else is there in life? You know, I've got this thing about uh, people who, who lead reactionary lives versus purposeful lives. Mm. And I, I, I'm always dismayed when I see people that are, are just bouncing from one thing to another, reacting to whatever life throws at them instead of, instead of deciding what they believe in and what they want to do with their life and how they want to impact other people. And, and leave the world a better place than it was when they got here. And that's called purposeful living to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, I'm a little bit, you know, curious as to why more people don't sit down and decide to do that. Um, and that's what significance is all about right there is, is not doing something that's here today and gone tomorrow. You're doing something that's going to be here a long time from now. When I sit down to do my show, there are a lot of ways that I could have done it that I'll bet you would have brought in more viewers quicker. But by the same token, the show would have lasted maybe four or five years. People would have gotten tired of it and it would have been gone away. I went for the long haul and the tried and true and the and the meaningful so that by by design – it is a slower pace. It's 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 not always exciting, but it always has meaning and significance. And you just have to you just have to watch and and let that roll over you and and speak to you. That's what we hope people will do right there. Thank you so much for being on today. Um, my other heroes are Victor Frankel. And Roger Staubach, and you're the third. So thank you. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, after Big Roger? <laughs> after Big well, Roger. Who's one of my heroes? Seriously? Seriously. <sighs> thank, thank you for that. You bet. Hey, folks, we, uh, we hope that you will continue your success, but along the journey, please do it with significance. Have a great week. I am so glad that we met Serban Marasini of Edward Jones Financial Advisors. Serban has been there for all of our life moments, always centered on us and where we want to go. He was instrumental in helping us live around the world, building our media company, and nurturing us as a true partner for the next stage of our lives. You know there are 19,000 financial advisors serving over 7 million clients, but Serban treats us like we are the only one. And the one that really matters. If you want to contact Servan, call him today at 303-494-2310. Again, the number is 303-494-2310. You know that life is for the living. Why not partner for all of it with Edward Jones?